This is the Player One podcast with Josh and Sam, where life is one big game and we are Player One. What do we mean by that? We mean that if you treated life as if it was a simulated game and that you're an active Player One inside of it, how you win is simple, reach your full potential. So, are you ready to level up? Uh, I met him him at Elite. Uh, Okay. Yeah, so he came to one of my talks there and then we just sort of connected there. So it was cool. Yeah, he's a cool guy. How do you know him? Yeah, I know him through just the martial arts community and we're in the same same area. Yeah. Awesome, man. And what about Burak? Did you meet any of the other guys down there? Uh, I think I briefly, yeah, briefly met Burak um, and just like a few of Vinny's friends there. But um, like if we weren't in lockdown, I'd be there a lot more, you know? Yeah. Dude, lockdown. What can we do? It would have been nice to have it in uh, in Collingwood, but this place yeah. is a little bit booked out this morning. They got some construction uh, construction works going on there. Yeah, they're building a whole new like dormitory upstairs, so it'd be a bit too noisy. But um, bro, super happy to have you on. Like having a look at your Instagram and whatnot, the first thing that stood out was the, was the fact that everything was so legitimate. You know, I think it's hard to get that balance in this kind of area where there's things that like either like pretty aesthetically pleasing or they do really well on the marketing end, but the information's not there, but dude, so comprehensive. You have read like um, journal articles referenced. It's yeah. <laughs> crazy, bro. A lot of effort going into it. No, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks for that. Like the structure for kind of how we run the podcast is it's pretty free flowing. We have, of course, like done a little bit of research and looked into your website, which is spot on. Like it's fantastic. And have a few little questions that we both have um, from a personal basis, but also things we feel people would be keen to hear about and understand. But once we get those out of the way, which is pretty soon, we just kind of flow and just go with where the conversation goes goes from there. <clears throat> Sounds good. Um, with your with your audience, like, are they mostly like Australia wide, and like, what are they mostly like men or? Yeah, yeah. so seventy percent of them are men uh, from the age of eighteen to twenty five. Uh, and they're pretty well in the fitness industry as well, usually martial arts, but um, yeah, sort of around that that target area. And it's a small audience, but they're all um, like, it's a legitimate audience. So yeah. all yeah. the people there usually, you know, follow us individually or through our martial arts journey. And yeah, they keep track of it through the podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How many, how many episodes have you guys done? Uh, this would be the 19th one with a guest and the 25th in total. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So we're almost running on a year now. So yeah, it's becoming becoming something uh, quite special actually. Good on you guys. Yeah. If you you. need, if you need help promoting or anything, just, um, yeah, just we'll have a chat after the show. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I can help. Yeah. Yeah. We'll tee up any, we'll tee up all the links, all that stuff um, towards the end. Um, And then, yeah, we'll we'll have it all sorted and we'll probably put it out. uh, What's the date today? The, 19th so we'll probably put it out on the following sunday so not on the 25th the one after if that makes sense yeah yeah no worries that's good yeah and definitely, right. yeah cheers for that bro happy to pick your brain at the end about that because you definitely know what you're doing on that front with your own podcast and whatnot so keen to see your thoughts on that good of course of course awesome so that, just, yeah uh, so let's know when you're when you're ready and we'll just kick it off with just a brief introduction and background of yourself uh, and then we'll just get straight into it. Cool. All right. I'm, I'm good to go. Yep. Right. Yeah. So um, 
I guess uh, many of many of your listeners will probably know like that I'm the founder of uh, Ergogenic Health. Um, yeah, basically got into this with just a passion into sort of understanding the body, how we can sort of optimize human performance. And um, I mean, I've got a pretty extensive like soccer background. So I played professional soccer for many years and yeah, just fell in love with um, experimenting and, and trialing different things to to improve my performance. And then um, that sort of escalated into like developing my own, own Instagram where it is now and then my own website. Um, so my mission is really just to provide um, health information that is like very unique. You know, that's, that's my main goal. Perfect. And your background. So you have a, you've got some sort of degree in naturopathy and nootropics or. Yeah. So um, I studied a year and a half of exercise science and then transferred over into uh, my naturopathy degree, which I'm in my final trimester now. Oh, right. finished. Yeah, almost finished. Actually, how we, are you finding that? Are you studying over over through throughout COVID? Oh, uh, so everything's sort of been like put on hold. Like we can't okay. see clients face to face. So unfortunately that's been delayed. But um yeah, it hasn't really affected me in terms of like business and stuff, so it's fine. Awesome. I was having a look at your website and the first thing that stood out to me was the name. And then the introduction that you put on there explained the name ergogenic pretty pretty well it was pretty interesting can you like i guess just tell us a little bit about ergogenic and what it actually means yeah sure so uh i actually f- i fell in love with the, the the term a long time actually probably like five years ago when i was looking up of course as a youngster looking into like supplements to you know supplements for the gym like muscle growth um, recovery things like that then i found that word ergogenic and then I, I realized that that basically just means any sort of um, technique, substance or compound that can improve physiological or psychological performance. So I was like, hmm, this is cool. I want to like delve into what else is out there. What else can we take advantage of to just improve general sort of well-being? So that's sort of how, how it came about. That's yeah, awesome. Right. That, sums it up. that sums it up so well. Like if there's a term, you know, that, encapsulates everything you'd want in that niche that's that's the word right there yeah and i just had a quick look as well and i seen that so is your dad a pharmacist yeah so yeah my dad's a pharmacist i found it really interesting because i was like well obviously you'd have some sort of background just from even working for your dad or just just knowing what he's into and i found it really interesting that you took the, the natural path you know what i mean like your dad's obviously knows what he's talking about in terms of um, using supplementation, but you've obviously taken a different path. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting point. Um, I mean, I had the opportunity to sort of go down that path, um, study pharmacology, things like that. Uh, but I was, yeah, I mean, I was actually frustrated with Western medicine uh, in particular with like uh, treating my own reflux. I used to get quite a lot of reflux and heartburn when I was younger um, that's when I was pres- like at a very young age, I was prescribed like, um, Nexium, like proton pump inhibitors. <clears throat> um, and then I realized that that was not the right answer to the reflux. Like it wasn't solving the problem. It was just a bandaid. Um, and it was actually causing nutrient deficiencies such as vitamin B12 and iron. And I was wondering why I was so tired. It's like, it's cause I wasn't absorbing the nutrients you need to actually generate ATP. Um, so yeah, sort of 
uh, got a little bit frustrated with the Western medicine and how they treat using certain medications. I'm not fully against Western medicine. I'm, I still understand there's a time and place for them. It's not like I've picked the natural path and I'm only down that path. Yeah. Like I still, I still veer back and forth. Like, Oh, Oh, I mean, I still use various things that are not considered natural as well. So, I mean, I'm still, yeah, I'm, I'm basically just, I, I do a lot of research and I make sure that whatever I'm using is like, I know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Good. What would you say? So I think nootropics recently, especially with um, the rise of people like Ben Greenfield and others in that field, a lot of people are more aware of nootropics and cognitive function and cognitive health. What have you seen like in that shift mainly? What, like how have you seen that shift come across and what are the main things people are focusing on in that area at the moment? Mm. Yeah, well, I think it's funny that whole term of like nootropics popularized back when, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Limitless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so if you look at like the Google, the Google trends, um, you'll see that back then everyone started searching for nootropics back when that movie was released. Um, and obviously their expectations were inflated. Like, no, there's no such thing as an NZT pill that's going to yeah. unlock 80% of your brain <laughs> or whatever. Um, but there is without a doubt a, a wide variety of compounds that can definitely improve alertness, improve focus, improve memory, um, decision-making, like things like that. So there's definitely, and I've experimented with like upwards of 200 different compounds over the past probably five years. Um, and I always track and monitor everything as well. Like I'm always documenting how I feel, how I'm performing, things like that. So it's, yeah, it's a tedious process, but for those who want to get into it, like, yeah, there's there's definitely things that you, like ju even just adding like L-theanine to your coffee is a simple strategy for guys who want to sort of improve or unlock that flow state sort of thing. What's, what's L-theanine? L-theanine. It's from green tea. Um, T-H-E-A-N-I-N-E. -E. Um, yeah. So that buffers, from what I've heard, I've only heard of uh, people mentioning it in the gym, that that buffers the effect of caffeine and I guess makes it like reduces the impact of the crash. Yeah. 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 So it does, it does that. It also minimizes the blood, uh, the blood pressure spike and also um, reduces sort of the anxiety that some, some people get when they have caffeine as well. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah. when you look at these, um, when people are looking to develop different stacks, is that the main idea of developing a stack looking at and i guess also looking at which compounds impact the others and complement the other compounds and then kind of balance each other out and have that that sort of synergistic effect how much can you play with within that can you just pick and choose and grab whatever you think works and, and see how it goes or is there a limit to how much you can play around with that yeah uh well it, obviously it really does come back to because like obviously we all have such unique brain chemistry so like what like 100 milligrams of theanine for me may feel different for you that's why i think okay. it's it comes back to ruthless experimentation um and just
becoming very aware of your physiology and how you feel. I, if, I, if there's one thing I can stress, I couldn't stress enough is to really try and develop that self-awareness, like just really keep track of how you're feeling throughout the day, really hone in on, is this compound good for me? What is it doing for me? How am I feeling? How am I responding? Like always ask yourself those questions because without that, how can you see if anything's, you know, it's always having an impact. Yeah. Yeah. You always yeah. remind yourself. The other thing is as well. Um, so this is just a, a recent thing that I've just been trying out Alpha Brain for the last probably four weeks now. And I guess it's obviously got a lot of hype about it, but um, I've seen some, some positive, so far some positive effects. And I know that real results take about six weeks before it fully kicks in. Um, but how much would you say, and giving any sort of nootropic that's meant to be really, really successful for you, how much or how long would you say that for the placebo effects to end and the nootropic to really kick in? <laughs> yeah, well, in turn, it sort of depends on like the stack itself. So if you're using Alpha Brain, um, some of the ingredients in Alpha Brain would have an acute effects like some of them will have that immediate within two to three hours maybe an improvement in alertness or focus or things like that um, but then there's other compounds that take upwards of eight to 12 weeks to really um, show off their memory enhancing effects so um, yeah it, it sort of it depends on okay. which compound we're looking at yeah yeah that makes sense i was so, looking at um alpha brain and I, I like josh and i saw a an article so i guess that's where we found the biggest thing is from what i'm seeing and trying to get as far as i can in this own in my own journey with this to just try and make sure i'm performing at my best is trying to differentiate between what works and what doesn't work because there's so much information out there but alpha brain had a double blind study done and that was one of the ones that i guess stood out and was like okay i guess we can try that and another one that has been really popularized which i'm sure you've heard of i'm keen to hear what you think on it is um modafinil <laughs> because yeah. i know for sure like I've, I've personally tried it just the one time and i know that outside of like i know that and josh knows well for me focus is a is a major issue at times you know i need to be i need to do a lot of things to make sure i'm, I'm focused and can zone in on a type of on a block of work and i know it was definitely easier um, when I tried modafinil and yeah, I wonder what your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I get asked this quite a lot about modafinil. Um, and it's good that you bring it up because it is like very effective and it's, it does what it's, what it claims to do. It, it makes you, it keeps you awake. So basically it's true. It's used to treat, uh, narcolepsy, which is like literally falling asleep disorder. Um, but now there's more and more research coming out about modafinil demonstrating positive effects in healthy adults, like in healthy individuals without any issues um, in terms of like focus, vigilance, alertness, and things like that. My stance on modafinil usage is responsible. Like I'm very, I'm not someone who encourages abusing substances like that because at the end of the day, you're going to be leading to... So what happens is like, picture it as like, a. here's your baseline. When you take modafinil, you're like 40, 50% above your baseline. But then I go back to, well, how do you feel the next day? Like, have you crashed, come down? Like, how are you feeling the next day? Because that 
that matters to me because I don't want to, I don't want to take something that makes me feel amazing, but then it's borrowing, like borrowing from the next day. I'm about okay. how can I take something that's going to give me benefits every single day without the come down crash and yeah. tolerance and things like that. For me personally, I, I only use it the one time, which is not enough at all for a study, but I felt okay the next day. And the, the advice I was given on using it was to take it straight away when I wake up, which is usually pretty early. And then that way it won't impact sleep because something negative I heard about it was taking it too late in the day would definitely have a major impact on the quality of your sleep or even letting you fall asleep. Um, I found it, yeah, it worked that one time, but I definitely lean towards anything natural. And that's just, I've got no other evidence to support that other than that's just what I feel more comfortable with. Like, Things that are more natural seem to work with me. I would love to get everything from my own diet and from whatever other natural supplements are out there. But just quickly on, on nootropics here. When I was listening to a book by Ben Greenfield, it was just talking about how everything is, um, everything, your mood, everything is impacted just based on like chemical imbalances or balances within the brain. What are the main things going on chemically to do with, focus and to do with mood okay so those two areas so like focus and mood specifically yeah specifically those two. <clears throat> okay so well when it comes to focus um, most people have a s insufficient or not enough either dopamine or acetylcholine so they're like the two key neurotransmitters that basically keep you alert um, and help you to concentrate sort of thing. So there's two neurotransmitters and there's many ways that we can sort of increase them or decrease them and hack them and things like that. Then um, your second point about mood. Well, actually mood is regulated by dopamine again. So like it's quite hard to have a, to not be in a good mood if you have high dopamine. Like that's just okay. like, that's, that's the neurotransmitter that I, I spend majority of my time trying to increase. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Cause there's a lot of myths. There's a lot of myths around serotonin um, and you probably, you know, a lot of um, antidepressants actually increase serotonin. But like, if I showed you some of the studies of what happens when you have high serotonin, you guys would, you'd freak out in terms of, yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what's serotonin responsible for again? Yeah, so they well, it's responsible for mood, but if you have too much serotonin, it actually lowers your dopamine. Um, yeah. So, and actually, majority of that is produced. Ninety percent of your serotonin is actually produced in your gut. Um, so, it, yeah, I mean, in terms of like the some of the repercussions and side effects of too much serotonin, it can be things like um, diarrhea. Um, social anxiety, um, excess worry, um, general just like brain fog, low energy, cold, low thyroid, low metabolism, weight gain. Like it sort of all links. It's quite a complex picture, but yeah. So as well, um, so my partner's recently been studying the tropathy. She's doing a course that she started maybe four months ago. And she had some, a quick few questions for someone that's obviously a bit more further along. And she said, um, so at the moment she's about to go and pick like her major fields of study. 
uh, and she's sort of interested in more so the the, the naturopathy side of things, that things that she can get from natural foods, um, especially with gut health. She's been dealing with all sorts of things with her own gut health. And she was asking what sort of fields would you recommend studying and focusing on? Mm, yeah, it's, it's a good question because, um, <clears throat> yeah, you really want to sort of um, pick a couple of two or three areas that you, you want to specialize in. So, I think gut health is like a massive area that a lot of people like nowadays are struggling with. Um, and we can go into the reasons why, like in terms of um, glyphosate and things like that and our environment and antibiotic usage and things like that. Um, but I think, yeah, if she wants to specialize sort of in, um, in gut health and, and um, energy fatigue and sleep, like they're big areas that a lot of people struggle in. Um, and so she can, you know, provide support in that realm. That's yeah. There's no shortage of clients in that space. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, good. And she was also asking, she said that there's a lot of rumors, uh, in terms of what's good and what's bad for gut health and what causes gut health. Like she was saying that she went to a, um, a naturopath, maybe, uh, maybe like this before she was studying and she was saying like, oh, I've got, I'm always bloated. Um, and she was saying that, well, the first question that she asked all of her clients is, are you chewing your food enough? Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, right. I mean, you probably would like to blame it on something, but you know, it could be something as simple as that. What other things do you think, like in terms of 80, 20% principle, what things do you think that straight off the bat, 80% of your problems, you could solve yourself by doing these certain things? Mm. Oh, well for digestion, yeah, obviously chewing the foods, uh, one of them, another one would be um starting your meals with like some sort of bitter like like if you start your meal with some sort of bitter drink or bitter food for example um rocket if you have just a little bit of rocket just before your meal um because it's so bitter it's going to stimulate all of the digestive enzymes um in your stomach and things like that so yeah, start it, or you can start your meal with like a really small amount of decaf coffee or, or just coffee, like a small amount. It's enough to trigger stomach acid release and things like that. So I think, um, yeah, focusing on that bitter food component before your meals are really, you know, smart strategy to sort of improve digestion. Apple cider vinegar as well? Yeah, I was going to mention that as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. So that well, it just helps start getting a little fired up and ready to start digesting food. So it makes it a bit easier. Yeah. So you're just basically priming your gut, like it's just like priming your stomach to get ready for, it's just helping the enzymes and stomach acid production um, so that you can break down protein, fats and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no that makes sense. And as well, we've been talking a bit uh, in the last few episodes <clears throat> What we're talking, we're talking about, I think we're talking about alpha brain and a few different nootropics. And I think that we dropped way too much bro science in terms of how things work and, and what chemicals are sort of functioning. Could you give us like a, a brief breakdown of what's actually going on in, inside of yourself when you're putting in any sort of supplement, to be honest, uh, anything that's going to try and enhance something? What are we really trying to do? Yeah. So this is, this is a fun one to answer. So when it comes to like some of the compounds and things like that, let's say we're looking at alpha brain, right? How many different ingredients? Was it like 14 or something? I can't remember. Yeah, that, yeah. So, um, all right. So first of all, we need to understand that these compounds, they actually need to cross the brain. So like there's something known as a, the blood brain barrier. So um, first of all, we have to determine whether or not 
And a lot of the compounds within alpha brain do. Some of them probably don't, but that's it's okay. First of all, they have to cross the blood-brain barrier. Um, then once they get into the brain, what they do is they influence a variety of neuro, like brain chemicals, like neurotransmitters, but not in the same fashion as say like you know um, speed, cocaine, like amphetamines. Yeah. You know, it's not to that same extent. They're more regulated. They're more. It's not going to be as intense, and hence why there's less side effects as with the heavy hitters. Um, so. Yeah, in terms of um, the other thing that they do is that a lot of the compounds in there will influence growth factors in the brain. So they'll influence things like nerve growth factor, which is like, it's like fertilizer for, for your neurons. It just helps it helps with the um, your, your neurons to proliferate and, and spread. Um, and then it also yeah, other growth factors such as like BDNF, which is brain derived neurotrophic factor that basically increases the survival and strengthens the neuronal connections um, in different parts of the brain. But yeah, I mean, one thing to understand is that let's say we pick apart, let's say we're looking at one compound from alpha brain. Let's say we're looking at cat's claw. I know cat's claw is like the, and I've spoken to many people about why they put cat's claw in there, but we'll look at cat's claw. When, when we look at like what it's doing in the brain, the thing is we, we need to understand that cat's claw and these other compounds are having, they're having, it's not just doing one thing. It's affecting multiple targets in the brain. It's not just targeting one neurotransmitter targets many and, and they all target many. That's why it's so difficult to know exactly what's doing what, um, that's what makes these compound and the research is in rats and things like that. And, and it's, it gets really complex when, when we're trying to understand exactly what is doing what, you know? Yeah. When you've got so many different compounds in the one, in the one supplement. Yeah. yeah. So what would you recommend um, as sort of like a, a blanket um, of supplements or compounds to take? on a i'm talking long term because i guess if you're going to take any sort of especially nootropic if it's going to take six to 12 weeks to start showing effects anyway i'm assuming that you're going to want to take something in the long term so let's say that we pick however many that were needed over a long period of time i'm talking maybe even for your entire life what sort of compounds are we really trying to to target and get more of mm, okay so i would say things that are um that are very neuroprotective. So like if you want to um, use something long-term, making sure that it has, yeah, that ability to cross the blood-brain barrier and then it, it have that neuroprotective effect. So protecting the brain against toxins, heavy metals, um, you know, just damage. Even when we exercise and things like that, when we train, and I'll use this because I know you guys are into sports performance, but basically... When we train, you know, when we build up that lactic acid like that, which is mm -hmm. the byproduct. Yeah. So actually lactic acid, <clears throat> another compound gets produced called ammonia, which is another byproduct of exercise. Um, and ammonia can cause crazy neurodegeneration. Like it can, if you give a rat enough ammonia, it will start to lead to Alzheimer's um, and, and dementia and things like that. So um, focusing on, for example, something that will lower that ammonia will lead to improved uh, brain function over time. So 
a good example of something that can do that is high dose vitamin B1. Um, I've personally used that. Um, I used it for a few months and I noticed just major improvements in mental clarity, mental focus, energy, things like that. Okay. So in the area of high performance training or high performance athletics, which is what we, I guess all of us have experience with, I had, a, I had one or two questions regarding that. Now, I'm in the middle of a fight camp at the moment. <laughs> and for the first time ever in my life, I had a physical crash, which probably was a culmination of a few things, which were identified later on. Uh, but it was a moment where I just wasn't actually physically able to do what, to do what I was instructed to do. And I just fell over. <laughs> and looking into that, it actually made me really sit back. And I know I'm fairly healthy. I, I have a, um, I work with a dietitian, and my food is, I guess, somewhat planned for me. And I just make sure I do the meal prep and, and I cook. And it's more the other things, the other factors that I'm starting to realize more and more. Things like, um, for example, in this martial art thing, you're just constantly on something we've talked about in the past. You know, there's so much output you need mentally as well when you rock up to the gym and you need to be switched on, people will be in a different place to you energetically. So you need to be able to match that. And I realized that it can kind of really add up. So what would you say is the most ignored area in high performance training in regards to that area, in regards to output and, you know, outside of just protein and BCAAs and your essential amino acids? Yeah. Uh, I would say actually, for majority of um, like high performance athletes, they don't place enough focus on sleep, uh, okay. like really nailing and optimizing their sleep. Um, so yeah, I mean, aiming for, and again, it comes back to not only the, the duration of your sleep, but the quality of your sleep. So um, I mean, that's why I put together like a, like a sleep optimize. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out. I've put together like a free sleep optimization course um, where I break down some strategies and things like that to improve sleep. Um, and there's so many things we can do. Uh, for example, one that I don't know if you, if you know whether or not, are you a mouth breather by any chance? When I sleep, are you talking about when, I, when we're asleep? Yeah. Uh, when I'm asleep, I don't know, but I always monitor myself and I, I don't breathe through my mouth, my mouth in the stages when I'm falling, when I get to asleep, but who knows what I'm doing when I'm actually asleep. I definitely do. I know I do. Yeah. How do you check that? Oh, the best, the only way I found out that I was a mouth breather was by taping my mouth before bed and waking up feeling so much more refreshed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah, genuinely. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a coach at the gym, Dan Howard, and um, when we do our threshold training and our VO2 training, he encourages us to breathe through our nose as much as possible. And just last week on the same day that i actually had my crash we were doing interval work on the assault bike and he mentioned to us guys if you take your mouth while you're asleep it, there, there, there are some short-term benefits of up to like i'm not going to rip what percentage he said but there was a significant enough percentage increase in your vo2 max in the short term in the first few weeks of just taping your mouth while you sleep that's awesome i've not i've never seen but i could understand the um the mechanisms I, I did a whole i'm going to be doing a, a post on igtv explaining the benefits of mouth taping soon um but yeah like there's 
Well, basically what it does is like, because when you, when you blocking your mouth, you're forcing it through your nose, but keep in mind that, you know, when you look up, uh, you know, when you buy pre-workouts, they say increases nitric oxide, increases the pump. Yeah. The pump and nitric oxide. So basically there'll be compounds such as citrulline, arginine, whatever they, they do help with nitric oxide, but guess what? Majority of your nitric oxide is actually made in your nose. So if you're not breathing, if you've got a blocked nose or if you've got um, just always got a blocked nose, things like that, that can affect your total nitric oxide production. Um, that can be one reason why, and this is why like I do a lot of talking on men's hormonal health. That can be one reason why guys are not waking up with morning wood because they don't, they don't have, they have a blocked nose. You know, something yeah. simple as that. And I know you've done a lot of work in regards to um, boosting your own testosterone and using yourself as a, as a test subject. And one of the only things that I've employed fairly consistently in the past six months has just been cold exposure. But I haven't gone to the extremes, which I'm sure you've probably been asked many, many times of actually icing your testicles. But I have been going into the ocean since winter till now, except for a little hiatus there, uh, fairly consistently a few days a week. And <laughs> as funny as this is, as Josh knows, like I get zero facial hair, as you can tell, like it's just not happening. It's not happening, never has, it's not going to happen. And just recently I actually started noticing that I was actually getting more, like a, like more facial hair than, than I would ever have actually even seen. And I was wondering if... <laughs> And I was wondering if that had anything to do with the cold exposure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a potential there. I mean, that was uh, featured on the radio a couple of times talking about the icing of the balls. Um, and I, ha- I set up a whole Facebook group dedicated to that practice. But I mean, I, when I first started doing that, it would have been two New Year's Eves ago. It was a, quite a while ago. Yeah. I haven't stopped doing it. And I don't think I ever will because genu- genuinely like, and, you know, the guys that start doing it, they all say the same thing. They just feel, they feel the benefits. They feel um, better mood, higher sex drive, more frequent morning wood, just more aggression in the gym. Like I'll, I'll in particular, I'll make sure I bring an ice pack like on the way to the gym, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like before training, you're saying? Always before training. Always. Yeah, right. And how long and how, how soon before about uh, like you only need like 10 to 15 minutes. So um, yeah, just, just in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Way there. <laughs> oh yeah. You got to be careful. The cops might, might arrest you for like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You wear a mask. You should be fine at this stage. <laughs> but yeah, look, have you had any experience with cold exposure outside of icing your testicles? Cause I know personally, and it was interesting to read the, um, or to listen to the audiobook by Ben Greenfield when he talked about a lot of the things that, that you bring it up. And I noticed that, especially regarding mood and regarding um, like in particular mood and recovery, when I hop in the ocean, these things are dramatically improved on a day where I am super stressed or if there's just a lot of things going on. I know for a fact now that when I go into the ocean, it's like, it just mm. seeps out of me, even though I know that's not what, it, what is actually happening. I know that the cold exposure has an impact on me um, neurologically and do you have anything, do you have any experience with that yourself with, with much cold exposure? Oh, for sure. I mean, when I was, yeah, when I was playing um, professional like football, uh, I, I was, um, yeah, making the most of that. Like I was jumping in the beach, like particularly after games and things like that. Um, and I just always felt the next day, 
uh, that the DOMS, like the muscle soreness was reduced significantly. Um, and also you're right. There was some sort of uh, like a neurological, like a psychological relaxation effect. Um, you just feel, you feel more grounded. Um, plus it's also, you're going to be getting the benefits of the cold exposure um, causing that vasoconstriction, which is like the opposite of what I just spoke about to nitric oxide. <clears throat> and, and part of that is going to lead to um, a rebound elevation in, in blood flow. So you get like a constriction. And then once you get out um, the best strategy, like honestly, when I was um, I had a, I was part of um, this program at Amy park. I used to train at Amy park in there, like um, in there, they had, they had ice baths there, but they also had the spas. So the contrast therapy there was phenomenal, like insane. insane. Okay. I actually always used to feel, I genuinely came out of there feeling euphoric every time. Yeah, something positive about that. And I want to get into the products that you have and the services that you have as well, because I know you've done, or you're doing a lot of work in developing that. But just want to step away quickly. Josh and I always step away a little bit in these podcasts and just throw out like a just a random question just to switch things up. And hate to keep reusing this one since Josh has brought it up, but it's a great one. What are your thoughts on the nature of reality and just? this thing that we're in, just the fact that we're alive. Because one of the reasons we have you on is we definitely consider you a player one. To us, a player one is, and the philosophy that we always um, engage with is living this life as though we're player one in a game, you know, to do with simulation theory and whatnot. And a player one is someone who just goes out there and pursues his own pathway and just blazes his own trail. And you're definitely doing that. We're all doing that in our own way. So... What are your thoughts on just this thing that we're in, just just life in general, the nature of of reality? Yeah, that's a that's a deep deep question for a, for a Monday morning. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a cool one. So, well, what's the the quote is like? What life? A lot of people think that life happens um, to them, not for them, and I think that sort of that does resonate with me because I, I do feel like everything that you see in your world is just your projection, like your, your perception of, of, of the world. And, and a lot of that comes back to how you're feeling with like within. So like, for example, when I feel angry and irritable, everything else in the world looks that same way, you know, whereas if I'm in a very, positive uplifted relaxed state everything else looks like you know the same way so i guess like yeah do 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 the inner work and focus on like getting your getting your mind right because then your perception of the world will completely shift um so yeah yeah and it's inevitable that we run into difficulty you know like regardless of what journey you're on you can just tell just by this year in itself COVID has come out of nowhere and it's throwing things into a mark for everyone. What is something that you do, or in fact, what is something you've done in the past that in hindsight, which is always 2020, has helped you get past difficulty or get past a really difficult situation? Hmm. Uh, actually, probably just reaching out to like people in my support network, like just 
avoiding keeping things within like the more you and particularly as like for men in general like we don't like to vocalize and express how we feel because we think that's weak and um you know we're not strong men we're not the typical macho male um but what what's courageous and what shows strength is being able to be vulnerable and open up and express how you're feeling for example literally yesterday i there's a lot of emotional baggage that I'm carrying right now with a lot of things that's going on. And I, I booked in to see a counselor. Like I need, I needed to speak to someone. Um, Dude, and, that's what <clears throat> mm. on. That's like something a lot of the people, and it's not like, as you said, it's courageous. It, shows, it takes more strength to do that in this society um, than many other things. And you see people like Israel Adesanya, who is the, UFC middleweight champion is on a tear. A lot of people are hearing about him. And something he did very early on when he first entered the UFC was booking to see a counselor in advance, to see a psychologist in advance. Just whatever was going on in his own life is probably whatever was going on. But the fact that he did that and was open about it shows um, that the people at the very highest level that you would say are the top of this alpha male type of thing, it's combat sports and whatnot, are doing these same things. That's how important it is. Yeah. And it's actually a it's actually a major skill set. It's a major tool to have, which I realized you can have many tools to deal with many different situations. Um, and closing yourself off from reaching out, you're limiting yourself from one of the most effective tools to get past something that could snowball into something else. Massive. One hundred percent. The other thing the other thing to add to that is um oh like you know, like we might view people as if they've got their shit together, you know, but like deep down, like a lot no of one does. No, man. Nope. You know? Yeah. 100%. That's, yeah. That's it. That's 100% true. <laughs> just, as well, like if the, this whole podcast is about uh, our journey and reaching our full potential and, and sharing it along the way. And a part of that potential is, is going to be unlocked through your mentality. And if you have a very closed off mentality, because for whatever reason, you don't want to say some things. I mean, this podcast alone has brought out things not only from Sam and I, but even just from a few guests that we've had on that probably weren't expecting a question like that. And then the next thing they know, they've, they've said something personal and they're okay with that, you know? And it's it's that sort of um, sort of culture that I'm, I'm pretty happy to create and to get out of people and to get out of myself because how else are you going to realize your potential if you're, if you're closing yourself off, if that makes sense? Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm pleased that you guys are doing what you're doing. That's why I was when you got when you first reached out. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Good on you guys. Like, I'll back you. I'll support you guys in whatever you're trying to do because I know how it feels to just get something off the ground. And um, I can see that your the message and your your mission is like it's it's a respect. I respect it a lot. So keep going, guys. Like it's good. Thank you. Appreciate it. And just quickly again, coming full circle. I know we'd like to do this a bit, but as well with cold, um, cold exposure, I don't know if I got this in my own head or if someone told me, I'm not sure, but is it a bad thing to have too much cold exposure on your brain? As in um, like to so, underwater? Like- yeah, yeah. Or like I know that I, I finished all my showers on cold. I know that's not very cold at all. But for example, just let's say that because we did this in the ocean one time, me and Sam, and it was very cold and you put your head under too long, then you sort of lose function of your own limbs. And I could understand how that's dangerous if I'm in the open ocean, but let's say that it was controlled. 
and I'm not going to drown. Is it still a bad thing to have too much cold exposure on your brain? Uh, I would, I would be, I would, I would be very careful with like how many seconds you're, you're going under. Um, because remember the brain needs a constant supply of glucose and an ox- and oxygen and even like two seconds without sufficient oxygen can cause a stroke so i, I would just say just yeah. be be careful yeah okay good yeah right. not gonna risk that <laughs> <laughs> good right. just to clear that one up I'm, I'm happy with that also i have one more um i don't again this is absolute me just guessing but a few weeks ago i felt one morning as if i'd I'd been poisoned and I wasn't sure why I didn't really have any changes. And I just decided, I don't know why this is my, my decision, but I'm like, I'm just going to have only alkaline water for, from now on. And I've read a little bit about it and I can see that there's some studies done about um, alkaline water, not having the right minerals. And it, it's saying that it, it zaps out the minerals from the water. But then I also heard that it only takes out the minerals that aren't supposed to be there in the first place. Is there, or do you know anything about any sort of studies about alkaline water? Mm, geez, it's a, I personally haven't researched much into that sort of space. Like um, I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to do a bit more like research, but I guess like it comes back to like how, how you're responding. Like since you started, great. yeah, there you go. Well, I think like yeah. if, you, if you're noticing benefits and like there's the risk to, safety ratios like okay then um sorry risk to reward ratios okay then i think yeah if you're responding well then um by all means like continue on with it and what 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 do you think triggered like you to feel like feeling poisoned like just yeah um i'm not too sure and honestly it could have been a bit of placebo as well but it would lasted for about three days and i didn't do anything out of the ordinary in terms of my eating or, or anything like that. And I just felt just sick. I didn't want to eat anything. And I just felt, I don't know, just very yuck. And I just had like a 24 hour fast and I only drank alkaline water. I'm not too sure why I decided to do that, but I did. And then after it, I felt great. So I thought, and again, it could have been the fasting, but I just decided I'm only going to drink alkaline water from now on. So I just buy the BPA friendly casks um, and just have the 10 liter alkaline water. I get two of them a week. And I just feel great. I don't know why it is, but I just, I did a little bit of reading and it did say that uh, in terms of like, even this is, again, I'm thinking long-term as well, in terms of having too much fluoride in, in, in normal tap water, I didn't like that it could do that to your pineal gland. So I was yeah. like, okay, it's probably not a good thing to have too much fluoride. So I may as well do that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Fluoride's a whole different, whole nother topic. Like, yeah, we could go down a rabbit hole there for sure. Could we actually? Cause I'm, I'm half half on this because I'm I'm seeing some research done in terms of fluoride helping um, uh, build calcium or help with strong teeth, but then I'm seeing bad effects in terms of calcifying your pineal glands, and I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess you got to look at it in based on um, even though we're having very small amounts, like let's say very very small amounts in our tap water and things like that it's the chronic exposure that, that leads to the issues. It's not as if you're having it like maybe once a week or whatever. It's the fact that we're using it so consistently and now it's starting to build up and our body's detoxification ability is now, we're not able to clear it out. Um, that's when we start to run into issues in terms of like blood sugar regulation, um, thyroid function, uh, melatonin production can impact 
can I know I've got a friend that um, he's deliberately taking massive doses of melatonin to detoxify his pineal gland from fluoride. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a pretty um, controversial topic. Uh, and yeah, I mean, mm. if you what? were ever interested or you ever have the spare time, and if you did a study or research on um, the effects of fluoride and alkaline water, I would 100% be down because I want to know that I'm going to keep doing it regardless, to be honest, because I feel good. But I would really like to see some study done against it to know that it makes sense. You know what I mean? At the moment, it's just a gut feeling and I would like to see some science behind it. Mm. Yeah, I'll I was just going to... Uh, sorry, go on. I was just saying, I, I would, I would, um, once I do find the research or whatever, I'll, I'll just flick them through to you. Yeah. Perfect, thank you. I was just going to ask about what's on the horizon for yourself and for Ergodonic Health, <clears throat> product-wise, service-wise, what are some things you're looking into now and, and what's 20, the end of 2020 and 2021 going to look like for you? Man, yeah, big, 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 like big plans, to be honest. Um, Good. Yeah, I mean, I'm going as hard as I can, really. So, um, well, I'm in the process of getting like some mentorship to help structure out like my business and things like that. But um, yeah, for me, it's like focusing on... Um, developing content and building out um my webinars because right now they're on my website um selling them like people gaining a lot of value but i want to i want to develop like i want heaps i want to have like at least 10 webinars for different topics yeah um, and then continuously add like sort of new products to my website so i'm, I'm listing various supplements and and things like that for like mood, energy, focus, sleep, things like that. So continuing, continuing to add um, new products to my site. And then there's just like a million different collaboration opportunities that come my way just by, just by, just by putting good content out. Like that's, that's my goal. Yeah. Like just, just put it out there, you know? Man, that's honestly, it's so evident by just a glance at your page and then it's so aesthetically pleasing that you, and it's like the main gist of each post is right there. So you click onto it and you just hit with this really well packaged, quite clearly well evidenced research. And it's so refreshing to see that in, um, in, I wish of course all social media was like that, but it's not, but it's, it, it makes you stand out. It really does. And it's no surprise that it leads to other opportunities um, and people wanting to work with you. Like even from my, from my own point of view as a, even outside of being an athlete and just as an individual who's very health conscious, I would definitely, I would definitely look at your page and say that's someone I would want to consult with or work with and um, work towards being a better version of myself mm. performance wise or just lifestyle wise. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really valid what you're putting out there. I appreciate but, that. Yeah. What yep. was the, um, like, when did things turn, I guess, when, when did you turn the hill in, your social media and your podcast and your other products starting to, to boost forward um, business-wise and in terms of audience? Geez, I, th I would say um, probably like six months ago when I got, I started getting recognition like from like very influential doctors and things like that from the US. Mm -hmm. And then all they did was like when they reshared my posts, that's when I like gained a lot of traction because they're like, Basically, my goal at the start of my whole page was to wave my flag. Literally, it's just to wave a flag saying, hey, everyone, I know my shit. 
like yeah. I know what I'm talking about like um and just share my stuff because like I, I can add a lot of value so yeah in the early days it was literally like I've got and I've got an excel sheet with like a list of, I don't know if you've seen that but I've got a sheet um that has like every day I add topics to it I've got like 1900 like scheduled mm-hmm. topics and post ideas they're just Damn. crazy all these ideas come to me when i'm doing the dishes it's so wack <laughs> <laughs> mate one thing you posted recently um i've got two questions here that i've i've been supple- one of the things i've supplemented for for close to close to six months now has been a a blend of the main mushrooms in uh, in mycology so uh, let me let me grab the pack it's actually right here And no, it's not right there. <laughs> it's called Harmony. It's called Harmony Blending. It has um, cordyceps, lion's mane, shiitake, and one other main one other main mushroom in there. The thing is that it has the powder and also has the mycelium. And I was wondering if there is there really a benefit to having the mycelium in that just because it's a bit of a it doesn't dissolve so it's that final bit at the end of your coffee or smoothie that you really feel um i'm not too sure if you if, you, if you've used any of these products with also the mycelium and is there any benefit to having it to having it included in there well as soon as you said um you're using a mushroom a mushroom product like <clears throat> i used cordyceps for probably th- like three and a half to four years straight like when I was playing, it was my go-to. Uh, I loved it so much for general like lung function and um, testosterone and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just got to be, there's only like a few things. I've done a few blog posts about uh, lion's mane. Um, and again, this is going to be quite controversial, but I personally, I'm not really a fan of lion's mane purely based on the fact that it can lower um the, the strongest form of testosterone in men, um, DHT. So like it can lower DHT. So that's like, you can get a lot of side effects from that. Um, so I'm not really, yeah, I'm trying to do my best in, in, in spreading that message about guys need to be sort of careful with lion's mane um, just in terms of like DHT and testosterone and things like that. Okay. I've been feeling good since since using it and since having it consistently. Um, so it's one of those things. I guess I'm gonna something you mentioned at the start tracking tracking personal performance, self awareness. That's a big key. When you mentioned that, I that, that clicked. Okay, that's something I'll do much more of um, and see maybe if I try without or with, but just track how I feel and using all these things. Other than just taking in and then going with that, yeah, just trying to track where where I'm at and how I respond personally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it makes the most sense. My, my partner was actually saying something sort of similar and someone asked her that question because she's been studying for a few months now, um, naturopathy, and she was saying, someone asked her, what's the key takeaway that you've, you've probably found out so far? And she said um, to try and keep everything as simple and natural as possible. And I'm not saying natural as in 
like your foods, that's sort of obvious, but I'm even saying like natural as in not trying to uh, overcook everything or add everything to the food or whatever it is. So you're saying like, keep it simple and just sort of try and eat things in its raw form. Um, what would you say about that in terms of a key takeaway for naturopathy? Yeah, well, from a naturopathic point of view, um, we really want to be basically going as close to nature as possible. Like that's what she's referring to. Like, yeah, yeah trying to go, the whole reason for like biohacking and things like that is that we can, we're trying to basically make up for the fact that we're going so far away from nature now you know that's the whole point if we lived in a in a world that was like if we're, let's say we're living in a i don't know like in, in a jungle or whatever hunting our food you know foraging things like that then we likely wouldn't be having the same sort of health issues that we have you know so yeah definitely um she's definitely spot on there for sure even mentally as well because for me this year when i was having a, like a rough time mentally and i felt for sure i was low in certain areas one thing that massively helped me outside of monitoring what i eat which was the first thing i um i started to do to pay more attention to was to get outside much more get get outside as soon as i have that free time or it's time to eat lunch or whatever whatever meal of the day i'll make sure i do it outside i'll take my meal i'll head out um, there's a golf course near here in st kilda just at albert park lake and right now no one's using it so uh, that's been my little like hideaway spot i'll just take my bike down there and then even things like grounding which i know some people are still skeptical about but definitely helps me just to get my i'll just go there in my in my slides take them off walk around on the grass you're sitting with the birds like it you feel different you definitely feel different even eating outside and then coming back inside again you, you realize for me i realized like wow this is how i feel just from spending more time outdoors even if it's time to read do that outdoors whatever excuse i can i can get to get outdoors for me um i would take i would feel like um, i was talking to a friend ivana about this and she, like when you're indoors for both of us we agreed it feels like my energy levels and my energy in general can just get stagnant you know and the, just the idea of a stagnant lake a stagnant pond anything too still for too long it just invites um it invites the wrong things that will spoil that pond spoil that that water so it's like getting outdoors make sure i'm not stagnant make sure things are flowing um it was one of the main things that definitely helped me just raise my energy levels feel much much better yeah oh 100 man i feel the same way uh and one thing the the big the best thing that i did although it's not outdoors is um at the start of lockdown i got myself a um walking treadmill desk uh, <laughs> it, it was the best thing i ever bought i'm looking at it right now it's like um yeah, just I'm now hitting like 20, 20 to 25,000 steps a day um, and I'm getting like lean. I'm not changing my diet, but I've just dropped like insane amount of body fat um, and it's so easy. I'm just like, this is, this yeah. is so easy. Do you find it hard to, to work even though you're walking? Uh, at the start, I did for like the first couple of weeks and then like it, it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. I'll just drop it down to like five kilometers an hour, but yeah, I'm still able to type. It's fine. Like, yeah, you get good at it real quick. Yeah, those are the good habits to like implement early on, you know, like these will pay dividends. And one of the last questions that I have that I wrote down here was what are those things, for me, I'm always looking long-term and same as Josh and even looking beyond fighting and looking what happens after and trying to prepare for 
trying to prepare for old age, I guess, <laughs> as early on as possible. What I wanted to, what I wanted to, I wouldn't even say supplements. What I wanted to things to consider in the long term that you would recommend as best practices to adopt with the advantage of time. Mm, okay. Well, um, the first one would be to make sure that you don't have like unstable blood sugar. So like focusing on keeping your blood sugar stable will um, prevent many diseases. Um, so that's probably, probably number one. Number two would to be making sure that you're not, not deficient in any of the vitamins, like not just vitamin D, but like other minerals and things like that to make sure that you're checking in on your magnesium, like your zinc, you know, um, making sure that your vitamins are on point because any deficiency in any of the vitamins will lead to faster aging and degeneration. So it's probably the main one. And you can just check that through a blood test. Okay. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. 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 So with, I think you have a product on, on your store. I've seen, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure, but actually I can get it up right in front of me. So this product, um, the epigenetic testing for the oh, yeah. what what does that do exactly yeah I'm, I'm still waiting on my kit to arrive um they're, they're, it's coming from the states but um basically it gives you a um it gives you a description of your your biological age um so basically it does that through understanding your dna methylation um so if you want to understand like more about your age and and things that can affect the, the the speed at which you age um yeah that kit basically gives you a summary into uh how certain medications are going to affect you how certain foods will affect the rate at which you're aging and things like that so it's very like customized and personalized and this is also another i don't know if, if this is what it does but i've been looking a lot into i don't even know what we call this this search or this term but into just DNA structure and, and what my DNA makeup is and sort of what what's going to affect me in certain ways based on my DNA. Is that, can you, what test can I do to see exactly what my genomes are that I carry? Is that through epigenetic testing? Uh, so, yeah. So you can do the, um, the 23andMe test. That's the one I've done that as well. Um, that basically, yeah, takes a snapshot of your um like various sort of polymorphisms and things like that. Um, it's pretty useful. Um, once you get the data, you have to then upload it into a different sort of platform to then, because then they show you what it means. Because like the raw data is like overwhelming. It's just like yeah. different, like it's, yeah. Like I've got, the, I've got the folder on my computer here. I'll double click it, open the folder. And there's literally just like thousands of different like codes and things like that. Yeah. Okay, so that's a different, but that would be a different product from um, the epigenetic testing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So is that yeah. like when you see when someone does a test and they say I'm 24, but then their biological age says, oh, you're actually 47? Yeah. So like obviously you've got some sort of imbalances that you need to, need to fix up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I know I promised you a, a 45 minute uh, podcast. So thanks for, thanks for sticking around and for giving us all the, all, all the knowledge, dropping all these gems. I guess it's a bit different from, the bro scientists that they're used to hearing from us finally they get someone who's legitimate <laughs> and knows what he's talking about. And of course, we're going to hope to send a lot of people your way. Is there anything that you, are there any products in particular that you want people to look out for from Ergogenic Health? 
Uh, well, just the one thing that I'd encourage them to do is just join my free newsletter. I've got a, like, they can just join that on my site. We can leave a link. I'll send you a link. Um, that's where I'm going to start. Cause I'm just sort of got, I got to be careful with what I post on Instagram. Cause a lot of the stuff can be banned because okay. it's you know, censorship and all that bullshit. Um, yeah. So yeah, like just joining my newsletter. Cause that can't be, that's mine. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's probably the one thing. I'm gonna have to shoot guys, but it's been um it's been fun having like chatting with you. It was a shame we couldn't do face to face, but still it was, it was all right. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm sure we'll probably do this again in the future as well as well. So mm. when things open up for a face to face podcast, um we'll hit you up and let's tee it up. Yeah, we can even um do a gym session or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Run you through some pad work. Destroy <laughs> me. Destroy me. <laughs> awesome, brother. It's good to meet you. Take care, mate. All right, lads. Take care. Yeah.